everybody, and welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. I'm your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente, and we have another, another incredible show for you guys. So today, um, the, the, the person I'm going to have on today, man, is the definition of someone who wears so many different hats, man, uh, a, um, a, a renaissance woman, so to speak. And I'm so excited and privileged to have her on today's show. Uh, this young lady is a creative director. She is a producer. She is a comedian. She is an actor. She's an entrepreneur. A little bit of a spiritual savant even. On the show today, we have Lisa Beasley coming on the show. Lisa, what it do? Hi, it do. Podcast. Thank you, it do. How is everything today? Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Yeah, I'm excited. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, so I'm excited. Like, <laughs> I, I was looking forward to I was like, oh, I'm just going to kick it with Serge at four. <laughs> hey, I, I, honestly, that's exactly what I wanted. That's what doing. Um, people crack me up because uh, I, I hit people up and I'll be like, yo, come talk on the show. They were like, yo, dog, your show is the fight podcast. Like, I like talking about fights with you. Like, well, we are, you know, but uh, no, it's cult- sports and culture, so you, my friend, are, I will say, the definition of culture, okay? Oh, thank um, you. It, truly, no, truly. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about to everyone, you know, what you're doing. Uh, not only have you, are you a podcaster that has, you know, dope podcasts. Again, you're a comedian. You're an actor. You're the creative director of the Nova Collective, which I definitely want to talk about because, mm-hmm. holy shit, that is so dope. I was uh, on your guys' website. I love it so much. We're definitely going to talk about that. And Wakanda kind of, come on. We have to Yay. talk about Wakanda Khan. Um, so <laughs> being that you do wear so many different hats and you're involved in so many different things, um, I think it's such an incredible thing, especially in this day and time. And one thing you're noticing, which I'm so happy about because keep it being, I was raised by my moms. So mm-hmm. to be, be able to see women of color taking these prominent positions and going out there and being creatives and and it, it really taking the mantle, not only in terms of what's happening socially in this country, but also what's happening in moving the the the, the culture forward as black people. And I, I'll be honest with you, you're right in the forefront of that. So um, what do you see and what what has been your influence in doing what you do? Honestly, I think it's my own selfishness, like. I think it's me doing the things I want to do. And if anybody is like, you can't do that. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? So it's me creating the things that I want to do because either people wouldn't let me in the door or the timing was wrong. Or like you said, like being at the forefront of something, it's a new precedent. So if I get a lot of that can't work, I'm always like, but why not? Who said? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, but I saw a way that it could work. So let me try it. And even if I fail, like people don't, people don't see the failures because those never make it to wherever. But it's like, I just, I try stuff because it's my own creativity. I'm a Gemini. So I love doing a hundred different things. And, <laughs> and it really, you got at least 99 up here. I'm telling you, I'm looking it, at my list. Least, There's a gang of them. Yeah. If, and for every 99 projects that people see, there's like 398 <laughs> that are like going in the background or have started, didn't finish. So yeah, it's stuff that I want to do. I want to be a part of. And from a producing standpoint, stuff that my friends want to do and, you know, giving them that outlet to be able to do it. Cause I believe on the producing side, I believe that like 
you wanted to do the thing. That doesn't mean you wanted to set up links, set up the back end, figure out how to promote it and all that stuff. So like finding those people to work with, it's been cool. So, so how have, I mean, you, I mean, has it been a little bit, again, it's your own creativity. You've been doing things, but from the very beginning, I mean, obviously this is your background and being a creative is something that I think that people are truly born with. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it from an early, is this something just from like an early age? You were just like, yo, like, this is what I want to do. Like, because everyone, and believe me, I think I, I, I've heard it. I think we all know about it. Everyone's like, yo, this is the path we're supposed to be on. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing all this extra? Like, what <laughs> was it, you know, from the beginning? You're like, no, this is, is it, is it always been in you? It has. So I remember when I was five, I watched House Party way too young to watch House Party. But I remember watching that. (laughs) I remember watching and being like, wow, those black people are having fun and that looks fun. And they look like they're pretending and I can tell they're acting. And I always wanted to be an actor. Then I saw this movie called Polly. It's the black version of Pollyanna with Keisha Knight Polum and Felicia Rashad. A lot of people don't know about it. but I have not seen that one. I'm writing it down. Yes, it should be in the like black cinema canon. Like it should be up there with coming to America, I think. <laughs> and it's uh, right, right. I, you know, I saw that when I was little and I wanted to uh, do that. So I've always wanted to act when I was five. So acting was the first thing. Then I discovered that I could sing. And I think I found it out because I didn't mind the sound of my own voice. So I just figured I could sing. Then the, so I grew up Christian. And the church we went to was low-key a performing arts center. So that's when it was like the drama, the youth choir, the praise team, dance, mime, everything. And I think that's when I found like, oh, I love to perform in front of people. Yeah. It was for the Lord at the time, but it was performing, right? So, <laughs> and I just Yo, people that. from the church, I'm, I feel like it's almost lost. Because like all the great R&B singers, ever like all the great mm-hmm. performers came from the church and you don't hear about it anymore. You don't see that anymore. And those mm-hmm. voices, those type of voices, you don't hear either. And I it's mean, really evident. If you think about it, it's like your first free stage. Like you get so much stage time every Sunday. You have a gig <laughs> at 10. <That's> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. OK, so you're talking about even because you're talking about friendship and like and even uplifting people. Yo, you, I swear, you're making a career of uplifting people in doing that with a couple of things. And I want to start off, um, you're the you're the creative director, you're the co-founder of the Noble Collective. Um, mm-hmm. This, I'm telling you, I think is something that is really incredible. Could you please uh, explain that a little bit for the people? Yeah, so the Nova Collective, we're a what you would call a diversity and inclusion consultant for large companies. And so... The more I do the work, the more we don't like the words like diversity and inclusion. That's just the easiest way to describe it. So people know (laughs) what we're talking about. So we like design curriculum and going to large companies. It really depends on what their goal is because we're recommendation based. So it's not like a one size fit all. It's not like we have this packet that works for every company. It's what we have, you know, like processes of how we figure out what they need to give them a recommendation. Um, the fun part about that, though, is so that's what the business is. And that's what the business involves. as a creative director. I essentially promoted myself to being a creative director because I used to do graphic design through. Nice. That's what got me through acting school. Nice. So, OK, 
those two careers kind of climbed at the same time. So the opportunity came up and I always wanted to, this isn't the first business I've owned, but it's like the first big business I've owned. Uh, So I've always been like into, I mean, we're not going to count the pillow making business in fourth grade, but uh, (laughs) I've always wanted to be like, I saw cookies in college. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Edibles are just regular. Just regular, just regular. See, hey, hey. I wish. Oh, we'll yeah. talk about that too. Don't get it twisted. Yes. Yes. Oh, hey, I'm all about it. You, you see one of my sponsors? One of my sponsors is a weed company. Really? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, we about it. All about that life. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. So I, it's fun because the mission is like. So people, what I found out is people spend 90,000 hours of their lifetime at work and most people hate their job. And what I'm calling into question is not how can we include other people at work, but like how the way we work in itself can uphold white supremacy and breaking all that shit down. So even before the pandemic, I was working remote and I had to stand up for myself and be like, look, y'all. I don't see the point in coming to an office and watching y'all click clack on y'all computer. I'm, I can do that at home. And the way like my mental health is set up and everything, I was like, yo, I, I really started to have like almost like an existential work crisis where I'm like, everybody that works starts at 9 a.m. I don't get it. <laughs> like make it make sense. For me. So I'm definitely on like the more radical side of like, yo, businesses have to have structure depending on what it is, mm-hmm. but it's, For me, that's the mission of like, hey, I'm one of these people that couldn't go into companies because I creative direct for companies that would not hire me to be a junior designer. Right. So It's like, like, how can we get the us's in the door if we have the skill and we have this talent and we want to work? If we want to do this with people who don't get it yet, how can we equip them so work can be better for us? Absolutely. And it makes so much sense. And and like in, in. Companies like yours are, I think, really necessary because you all you have. Um, what was it? What was this doofy bank that just went out there and was like, yeah, oh. yeah, we, we don't. Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo goes he out there and says, we don't have anybody. Yeah, we don't have anybody mm-hmm. that was, you know, uh, uh, you know, here for the position. Like, yeah, they weren't qualified. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that, those are the people we don't work with. Because they don't understand a talent pipeline and just the fact that as a human, he thought it was okay to say that on a worldwide stage is just enough of like, okay, you don't get it. <laughs> oh, they don't. And, and it's funny because a lot of them now with industries like that. And again, we've seen it with our own government. People are going out there and saying the quiet parts out loud, mm-hmm. which is, uh, which is really interesting to see, but I think you're doing even something in terms of even better yet. And you you spoke on it in terms of people's mental health. And a lot of it has been, you know, made of it as of recently. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I think a lot of people aren't paying taking into account is that as as Americans, one, we work way too fucking much. Let's just keep it clean. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? Like everybody yes. else is out here partying. Chilling. I, was my, I was with my lady. I, we were watching um, what was that? Emily in Paris on Netflix. Cracking up. I enjoyed it. But they out here like getting to the gig at like noon. Like what? I'm just mm-hmm. here, you know, for a couple mm-hmm. hours and then they out. Um, speak a little bit to, again, just like you were saying, the mental health of people, what they're doing, and even with the, that work-life balance, because mm-hmm. we're, with the pandemic, I believe you're really starting to see that work-life balance with people and people are becoming happier in working in this manner. Mm-hmm. So I had to 
So I, I, I have an apparel line called Told Y'all. And so, and like she told y'all, she did like a hundred different things. So that's, that's, uh, one of, <laughs> it's, that's one it's called told y'all. It's, I should, I should wear the interviews. All it says is told y'all black women. So when a pandemic happened and it was normal to work at home, mm-hmm. I, that was probably the first time I had to practice restraint because I did want to be like, oh, so, so everybody got to work from home and ain't nobody dead, huh? Wow. <laughs> like we was making a big deal about it because right. it's so many things that people don't think about. It's like your agency is taken away when you have to go to a location. And some people don't know like the hurdles you're up against. So for example, I'm a single mom and at a point I didn't have a car. So I had to like take two buses to take my daughter to daycare and then take a bus and train to go all the way to an office to watch people click clack on their computer. It it worked more for my time. Like it was fucking up my eating schedule. I, I wasn't like taking care of myself because I was trying to meet the demands of everybody. And I always thought early on, I was like, I don't, I don't see how this is working adults. I don't see how you can get so much of your time to a place when you get off, everything is closed. How? So when I got the mental picture, like, Oh, these people are working on their home stuff at work. (laughs) Right. 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 So like, I'm not about to act like any of this is normal. And then it's to me, it's about like, sometimes I try not to talk in the language of like getting off the wheel because it sounds, you know, but can also, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just yeah. like, nobody questions why we do the things that we do. So like, and in terms of my mental health, so I used to have really bad anxiety. Like I had anxiety my whole life and didn't know it <clears throat> until I started therapy two years ago. So congrats for that too. You get going to therapy. That's thank so dope. You. Yeah. Thank absolutely. you. My therapist said I'm doing good today. I got a gold star. There you go. <laughs> so it's like, in order for me to just be good for the day, if I want to start something at nine, I'm going to have to wake up at four o'clock. If I want to like eat breakfast, take my medicine, meditate, exercise, yes. drink water and get and still take a shower and get good right. for the day. So, you know, the what we do at Nova is we're practicing like the autonomy of if you work for us, get your work done. You know, yet yeah. we yes, we are client facing. So that means sometimes it's we have to navigate around client schedules. But mm-hmm. um, some of our employees, they're like for like our uh, calling off policy. It's like, yeah, it, just let us know. <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. So you're telling me that if I have two meetings on a Friday, I can move them and take Friday off. And we're like, yeah, because what we can't do is for me, it's about like pointing out the contradictions. We can't be like mental health matters. Go to work every day. It's okay to be (laughs) like, this is a pandemic. Go easy on yourself. Go to work every day. So it's like finding that balance and pointing it out and and being okay with, with seeming like the radical eyeball who's just so bent on breaking a system because I am. (laughs) That's a good thing. I love it. I love it. So we need more people trying to just disruptors. Mm-hmm. If people make it seem as if being a disruptor is a bad thing, mm-hmm. being a disruptor is such a positive thing, especially in this day and age. Being mm-hmm. someone who is radical, and especially if the radical change is in is meant to do something positive yes. for the the greater good. Yes, and and that is definitely something I see you you guys doing, and even not only with Nova Collective, but one of the other endeavors, which is Wakanda Con. Oh yeah, which I think is so incredible. 
because yeah. that is something that, again, I want to talk to you about that also, but it's, it gives you something that, again, that that's empowering people and making uh, and our people feel good, mm-hmm. which I think is super dope. Like, uh, first year you did it, I was very fortunate that I was able to go to one of your guys' events. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was so dope, you know. Um, but please, to tell me a little bit more about Wakanda kind, because, and, yeah. you know, and, and, and God rest uh, my boy Chadwick. Oh. Black Panther too soon. Wait, wait too soon. You know, when when people, when new things happen, because you know, 2020, something happening every week. And somebody's like, how you doing? I'm I'm like, waiting for the aliens. Right? I'm like, yo, I'm still, (laughs) I still hit pause on Chadwick. Like that kind of messed me up for a little bit because Wakanda kind of changed my life and it changed the trajectory of my career and it boosted my confidence. Like when I think about what Wakanda kind of did for other people, it set the stage for Black nerdery to be okay. And if you're a nerd about something specific, it's okay. Like, so to see, let me tell you how I started. So long story short, the the creator of WakandaCon, whose idea it was, um, his sister, her and I used to work together. And she said, hey, uh, my brother has this idea. It's WakandaCon. He doesn't know what it is yet. And I was like, I know exactly what that is. Let's get it. Because I'm also a really big enabler of my friends and producing Yes, we find that it is also a way for me to procrastinate on my creative ideas, but we're growing. (laughs) So I was like, I know exactly what that is. And I had been to a Comic-Con for the first time a few months prior to that. So I was like, oh, I get it. Like, because I understand events and I'm like, okay, I get it. Big place, booths, events, random things going on all at once. (laughs) Um, And it was just really fulfilling because we got like 2000 people to come out to that first one. And to see, I had a very nice, ugly cry during we had a cosplay contest. (laughs) Because also the fun thing is that some of these cosplayers would be the only black cosplayer when they would go out to these conventions. So to see it was some first timers and also to see like the walls of masculinity broken down where you had men weaving their hair because they wanted to look like Killmonger. And you ask them what they do. And you're like, I'm an accountant. I'm like, that's just so cool. (laughs) And I, I got to connect with. So many people. It also reminded me of just how many dope people I know and how many connections I have. And like, I know different ways to bring people together. And that was like the catalyst of that. It was really cool. That's so, well, I'll put it like this. First of all, you are one of the dope people. So I'm just letting oh, you know. Thank all you. Of y'all. Yeah. So, yeah, y'all crew is ridiculous. It's like, I've talked to Tosh, Tosh, you know, the first lady of the Fight Podcast. Uh, man, I tell, talk to her about it all the time. I'm like, how do you just meet these people? This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is nuts. <laughs> um, uh, salute to my baby. Yeah. I'm sure she's listening. <laughs> Um, but um, it's so funny that you say that, though, in terms of because with Comic-Con and here's the thing, um, I'm, I, I grew up a comic book nerd and it being like I'm 34, a lot of people, especially, especially black dudes growing up, we weren't into comic books like that. And if we were, we were kind of quiet about it. Mm-hmm. And I had um, and I, and I was a big Deadpool fan. I, I still am. I have like all the Deadpool comics. I had all the Batman comics, but I also had a bunch of Black Panther comics. So mm-hmm. one of the cool things about Black Panther when it first came out was being able to see just that, being able to see us finally go out there and cosplay yeah. and, and like and putting stuff on and dressing and, and being just and having fun and just like. Just like black people having fun. And so what Wakanda Khan taught me is where I really get 
Like what, what I really love about it is I like taking traditionally white spaces and inviting a whole b- bunch of black people to it. Because it's also, it. it's also not about, you know, black people wanting to do the thing, wanting to do the thing and being comfortable while being there. So exactly. like exactly. setting up a safe space for people mm-hmm. to be themselves, it was, it was really liberating. It was, oh, well, first of all, again, from firsthand, like I said, I was there for one of the, the days, like it was so dope. And I, like I said, unfortunately, obviously, because of the pandemic, this mm-hmm. year was postponed, but mm-hmm. I cannot wait for the next one. <laughs> I will be there in full shower. <laughs> I'll make that joint yeah. happen. I'm all about that life. Um, uh, but you know what? I, I definitely feel you on that and doing something in terms of making it a safe space for us and our people, mm-hmm. because even the fight podcast itself, the reason that we started it be, is because especially in combat sports media, mm-hmm. we have no voice. Mm-hmm. We're the ones in here, you know, bleeding. We're the ones yeah. in here having, getting concussions. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you got these, these other people out here essentially being the ones that are, are, are telling our stories mm-hmm. and we're not able to tell our own stories. Yeah. And that's something that I'm noticing more and more. And one thing that I'm also noticing, and again, I want to talk again, everything else that you're doing is you're, you're, you're a storyteller and you're mm-hmm. telling stories. And not only are you telling stories with Wakanda Khan and, and even with, you know, the Nova collective, but also, yo, you're podcasting and oh, your yeah. podcast and, I am cracking up with like the <laughs> clips that I'm listening to from where and I and I put the link, but it's was it at, at your, your fake, po- oh, my yeah, fake my podcast? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, yo! <laughs> you go out there doing both of the voices of Jay and Beyonce. Um, what was your inspiration for that? Oh and my again, goodness! And, 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 and I, what we I need more of that. That's amazing. So, right, I need to be doing more though. So how it started was. I had a microphone in my house and I remember I was just really frustrated with like regular work and just life in general. And I, I know I already knew I always did the Beyonce voice. So I was like, I'm gonna see if I could do Jay-Z. And I, maybe I was like really high or something. And (laughs) I just thought of it right then and there. I was like, Oh, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do both of their voices. And I pieced it together. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. They sound like they're having a conversation and I don't need nobody around me to help me do this. So what made me decide to put it out was I I love trolling the internet like that. Like I love, I love when a bit is the, the whole thing is a bit where it's like, it's not a real podcast. It's a fake podcast. I'm doing both of the voices. It's only on Instagram. I've Mm -hmm. superimposed my faces onto their bodies. And what I like about it is that specific project flexes Mm -hmm. all my creative skills at once. And I can almost just like, get it out all in frustration where it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. if I'm not feeling accepted somewhere else, I'm going to nerd out and I'm going to do this because every episode that I do all in all, it probably takes me like 20 minutes from, I think I'm going to do this to putting it on the internet. So (laughs) I I think it's, I think it's so funny. If, if, if somebody was like, Lisa, quit everything you're doing and just do this podcast, I literally would. I think it's so funny. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it's hilarious. And again, if you guys haven't checked it out, uh, you need to go first check out. Obviously, like I so said, we have it scrolling up under the under right now. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's at my fake podcast. Um, it's p- brought on by the black creatives and everything. I mean, yo, you, you're killing it with that. You're Thank killing you. it. It's hilarious. Um, for you, is it something like I said, 
are you going to continue doing multiple podcasts? I mean, or is it something that because it is such a platform that people mm-hmm. go out there and because of all the different aspects and things that you have, I think it almost seems like a great place that you can bring everything together mm-hmm. and talk about such like incredible things. Is that something that you're thinking about or you have? Yes. Yeah. So I produce uh, my friend She's podcast called Adjust the Crown. And so shout out to She's doing her thing. And so that was a really fun podcast because it had like a lot of really cool guests on there. And that was one where I flew out to LA and like, I'm going to be at the recordings because I wanted to meet those people too. (laughs) So that was fun. And I, um, now me and my friends, we well, we're just talking. We're like, yo, next time let's just set up the microphones and go. So more of those are going to be coming awesome. out. But I, I am definitely going to be doing more Jay Z and Beyonce because it's just so silly and it's it's amazing. It, it, it really <laughs> it's one of those like like grabbing your stomach laughing. Oh, thank it's, you. It's, oh man, it, I love it. Um, and and that's why it's like it was to the point that I I was almost hurt that it was just on Instagram because I was on SoundCloud and shit looking for it. I was like, where the fuck? Oh, so I can stuff? give I can give the Fight Podcast an exclusive. So when I get enough episodes, I'm gonna dump them all onto. <laughs> so it's a podcast. So my fake podcast goes real, but I do want to do another one, and it still falls under the my fake podcast lane because I have a a white man entrepreneur guru voice where it's like, hi, I'm Dave Lester. Cause you know, like you have those entrepreneurs that you've given so much advice, like don't go to sleep. These are the men who got $20,000 from their dad. And I, I was on Gary V's show. <laughs> I know. Yeah, this he is told me a whole bunch of shit. I didn't need to know. I was like, bro. You want to make sure that your spouse is on board. I'm like, who are you people dating if they are not on board already? It's just like, yeah. The, the advice is so bad. So I made a character called Dave Lester and it's it's going to be really fun. I'm, um, I do things that make me laugh. And I think that's the confidence I have in putting the stuff out. I'm like, if it makes me laugh, it's good enough. And that's how it should be. And, you know, and I'm glad you also said that, because one thing I think that we're noticing and and it's so much. It's one of those things that I'm noticing and it makes me very happy, but at the same token, it, it's 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 a little disheartening because it's taken this long for this to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things about it is seeing that we're finally starting to see a representation of black women in Hollywood and everywhere else that is for one far more positive um, because mm-hmm. it was always a narrative of angry black woman. Um, I, like I said, I, I, I grew up with it. I've seen it. And uh, it's one of those things that that was always always been the narrative. And now we're starting to get these amazing female characters that are that have so much nuance. You you mm-hmm. have the, the the funny ones. You have the serious. You you mm-hmm. have the goofy. You literally you're starting to get the entire spectrum. And I mean, um, I just watched um, the 40 year old version a couple of days. Oh, ago. I can't wait to that see that. I've been hearing good things about that. Amazing. Incredible. Cool. Incredible film. Um, but, but again, you're seeing these type of things and you're really starting to see a push for black women, but not just in in, in, in Hollywood and the creative space, but everywhere. Mm-hmm. What do you personally, do, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it also. You're part of the movement yourself. But what have you attributed to that? in the fence that we're actually starting to, people are really starting to make, you know, those changes and actually yeah. accepting that happening. I think for me, it's recently, it's, ta- it's not taking no for an answer. So 
I realized like um, I was pitching in Hollywood like a couple years ago and the people on the other side of the table were looking at me like I was a squirrel. It was just like, how'd you get in here? What are you talking about? Why is that funny? Huh? And I refuse to let that discourage me. So like now I've moved into, OK, well, I'm just going to make it myself. So and that's just what it's going to be. So and one thing I noticed is that just like with divine timing, I look at it like you know, there was the seat at the table movement. And I feel like, you know what? I have to give props to those that sat at the table because now I can run a room. And like, that's how I look at it, where it's like, if I had not entered in at any certain point, I wouldn't have been happy because it, it really was like, we we like your story, but we're going to hire the whole crew or, you know, just like these stipulations they put around you. And I, the way I roll and the way I'm set up, I just can't I don't do authority. Uh, I don't do arbitrary authority. Well, let's put it that way. So when it comes when it comes time to like me explain, explaining my ideas and the type of stories that I want to tell, the black women do have a lot of nuances because, first of all, as an actor, I'm going to write stuff starring myself. So <laughs> I'm like, I, I know I'm nuanced as fuck. So it's like I, I like the idea of characters and, you know, people that are more than just one thing. And so I'm moving into this like path of. I, I can't wait till we get to a point where there's multiple things from, for us to choose from. There's multiple just regular ass stories. That's just, it's not because this is a story because she a black woman. It's like, this is the story. Let us choose. Let us have 15 different rom-coms to choose from. Yes. That are, that are not about like a socioeconomically girl trying to advance <laughs> Can we just be out here falling in love? So I feel like I'm writing to that. And I feel like the way timing is working out, it's it's time for people to see more of that. But if that's what I was going in with like three or four years ago, it was just like, but but how can but you're black. So let's what's the black version of this? And I'm like, "Eh." right. Mm -hmm. It's so funny you say that because it really has been. And when you look at it, it's we have always had to see ourselves in the characters that they've done. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite, my favorite movie of all time is when Harry met Sally. Hey, nothing <laughs> yes. like, like <laughs> Harry met Sally. You know, and, and, and that's the thing. So we've constantly had to see ourselves in their characters. Mm-hmm. And now it's really refreshing to, to be able to see our, like they have to see themselves in us, mm-hmm. which I think, again, it would be a whole lot better for our country as a whole if, if you know more individuals actually looked at it in that manner. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just nuts. It's nuts to see, but just to be able to see, you know, you guys put it out there. And then again, I'm, I'm very fortunate that um, that I am uh, like a fly on the wall with, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of your guys like crew, I'm like a fly on the wall. Like, I see what they're doing <laughs> over there. That's just, like, that's just dope, <laughs> you know? And so be able to see it and hear it. And I feel like, be privy to to that i think is really special and uh and one thing i'm also noticing uh which is really cool also in hollywood is that the acceptance and we talked about a little quickly but the acceptance of of a little bit of cannabis in in, in there it used to be it's so funny you always used to have somebody with a glass of wine or something and now you're showing that they're showing like Mm -hmm. somebody got a j Somebody yep. got a blunt or something. Um, yeah. So that's the first times I, yeah, go, I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. No, go ahead. What was you about to say? Yeah. Please go. I was like, the first time I really started noticing it was in um, 
in uh, it was Spike Lee's uh, She's Gotta Have It, the new mm-hmm. one. The, the, the mm-hmm. And you started seeing, I'm like, well, check this out. Okay. Yeah. Yep. You're starting to see more, but it's funny because it's coming in more with black film and black, you know, um, black creatives. So um, what do you think about that? Because again, we're all, you know, kind of stories. I love <laughs> cannabis. I love <laughs> cannabis. So a few years ago when I was in Hollywood pitching, that would be, it would be weed centered humor. And, and the, with the stigma around it and everything, they would just be like, but we don't want you to look like a crackhead. I'm like, I didn't say that. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and, and also I lo- love that it's being normalized in a way on TV where it's like when somebody's smoking in a scene, it's not like we're high now and I'm tripping and balls crazy. So my, my answer to that is actually the first piece of content that I'm like full heartedly producing my own. It's called The Blunt Doctor. I'm okay. this is an exclusive. Uh right, I'm, hey, I was like, I have yeah. heard about this. this is <laughs> yeah. I'm debuting the character on Instagram because I was supposed to shoot it this year, but pandemic. So I'm debuting the character on Instagram and I have a live version of it. The blunt doctor is like Grey's Anatomy on drugs. Instead of operating on people, I operate on blunts. With the same, the stakes are high, (laughs) high. It's like, it's serious. (laughs) It's a whole world. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, you know, and I'm also an asshole too. So it's like, oh, you don't want me to write a show about weed? Got it. And it's like, I'm going to build a whole world around it. And I'm going to smoke. The whole thing is going to be weed. (laughs) I love it. It's time. It is time. It's time. It's time. Um, and, and it's so much fun. And, and when you see it, and again, it's one of those things that we can relate to. When you see it, you're like, ah, like there it is. I love that. And it in my so presentation, dope. I noticed that because I, I made like a presentation to be like, yo, help me make this because I this is what I want to do. And at first I was nervous because I thought people would think that my first project starring me would be like something meaningful and deep. And I'm like, no. I'm paving this way and I'm doing all of this shit. So I can also just be a goofy black girl, just having fun. So I noticed that I found that there were no weed centered humorous shows starring a black woman, like not one. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well I'll do it. And it's going to be very silly because I'm a big Grey's Anatomy fan. So it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty heaven. <laughs> that, you know what I, I love about it? And you were saying how, you know, people are like, it, it's, it's, if you're seeing you doing stuff that was more serious, but this is dope because this is authentically you. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I think that that's always the most dope things. When you find something, you make something that is authentically you. Yeah. I, I I love it. I, I, I'm serious. Like, I can't wait to see it. Please hurry for come oh, out with it so we can all you. enjoy it. That gives me confidence. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm going to, uh, I'm finding a safe way to start shooting in my house because I'm doing like a lot of solo scenes. And it just so happens that people I've been quarantining with in my quarantine pot are also actors. So I'm like, okay, y'all going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> And the live, you guys, you guys are here. (laughs) Right. And the live version is I I bought like this, you know, this cool ass phone stand so I can like set it up where you see what my hands are doing while I'm talking. So I'm going to be giving like, you know, symposiums in my character. It's, it's a, it's a whole thing. And I hope people like it because I do. (laughs) I I, I think it's dope. I cannot (laughs) wait to see it. Um, Lisa, you are doing so much. 
you grace us with your time today. Um, before we get you out of here, first and foremost, thank you again so much for joining me on the show today. This has been awesome. Um, and honestly, I would love, we got to do it again sometime because you yeah. have so much coming down the pipe and we have yeah. to like have you on when, when you know, some of this stuff comes out. Um, but, uh, before we get you out of here, um, a couple things, um, I want to ask you fun. I always be asking you some fun questions at the end of it during this quarantine. What have you been watching? What should we watch? Okay. So you got to watch girlfriends on Netflix. Okay. Um, okay. It's, it's Joan is so goofy. It's so funny. It's a good throwback. Um, it is. What else? What else did I watch? Oh, I watched Little Fires Everywhere. That was really good. Okay, I um, heard that one. It's on Hulu. Okay. Um, Gilmore Girls is my favorite show, so I'm gonna tell everybody to watch <laughs> Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, my favorite movies when Harry Met Sally. I have no, I, I, I can't say anything. <laughs> I'm trying to think what has been a, a repeater or something that was like really surprised me that I watched and it was really good. I have my Netflix pulled the OS out. Um, yeah, little, little Fires Everywhere, Girlfriends, Gilmore Girls. You know, only do Grey's Anatomy if you're really, if you're really ready for it. <laughs> hey, isn't it like 15 seasons? Six, 16. You see, it's a lot. I knew it. Um, all right, so let me ask you this. You are someone who is extremely aware um, is especially when it comes to activism and everything that's going on with our lives today. Are there any books? Because one thing that I'm really noticing is that individuals, it, it's, the, it's the difficult conversations that people are willing to have. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've found is that I'm just almost just sending people books. Look, mm-hmm. you want to know what the struggle, you want to know what it is, read this and mm-hmm. get back at me if you read it. Um, is there anything that you would recommend for a solid read that will bring awareness to people or just enhance their lives in any way? I I think for so for white people, um, there's a book called White Fragility. The author escapes yes. me. Oh um, man. Um, there's also there's also um let's see, I'm gonna look this up right here because I wanna make sure it's one actually that one wife fragility was one that i was uh it is by robin d'angelo yes yeah it's in my it's in my queue i should read that also let's see there's another book um it's why i'm no longer talking to white people about race um by renee edo lodge okay and for for black people, I would recommend um, the spook who sat by the door. I, I just started reading that, and I'm like, oh snap! I My love, favorite. I love stuff that it that compounds on the nuances of blackness and like the different yes. sides of blackness. And I'm like, this is this is what I want to be having more of. It it decenters whiteness in a way that I haven't experienced in a book. And I'm like, oh, and it makes me feel uncomfortable about myself at certain points. And it yeah. makes me be like. I really love that. Oh man, I, I that book is one of my all time favorites. It, so it's one of those that makes you feel like if if you're listening or you're reading it, it is one of those that it's almost cinematic. It feels like you're mm-hmm. listening to a movie. You get into it that much, and you're mm-hmm. visualizing everything. I swear, I, I was I was talking to um, my lady about it, and I was telling her how uh, I the, the 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 gentleman, the main character. 
to me, I'm picturing as my granddad as a young man. Oh yeah, definitely the have same a, energy, mm-hmm. you know. Yep, <laughs> definitely have a mental picture of like who this man is, yeah. and you see who those middle class black people are. It's like I know these people, <laughs> and they talk about Chicago in that one, and being mm-hmm. from Chicago, you know. Again, and salute to the city. I miss my city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said you're there, you're there now, you know. But um, be, being there, um, it, it really brings a an awareness to like to 1960, 1950s, mm-hmm. you know, Hyde Park, essentially. It, it's yeah. a really interesting kind of take on it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I loved it. So no, those are awesome. So White Fragility, um, Spook Who Sat By The Door, and the one by Renee Epilogue, mm-hmm. which one was that one called? Uh, I just uh, I'm why I'm, yeah, Why I'm No Longer Talking To White People About Race. <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't true <laughs> well that is awesome well look I, I, that's what I wanted to ask you today thank you so much for joining me on the show oh thank um, you where can that. people find you where can they find you so at Lisa B Experience everywhere um, at Lisa B Experience put this on here um, so everybody on Instagram right up under there everybody we can yeah. see we have uh, the collective kind of all time, there, like my podcast all that yes all that stuff I'm I'm very internet-y <laughs> there it is awesome well, I love it with Lisa <laughs> thank you so much for joining me on the show uh, we have to do it again and yeah. um, thank you for being a guest on the five, oh, five podcast today you got it thank you this is fun absolutely you have a good one alright you too alright bye bye all right, man. That was my interview with, I mean, dude, one of my favorite interviews that I've had so far, man. That's uh, Lisa Beasley, man. She is incredible. A renaissance woman um, who is really, really taking the charge. And she's one of those individuals that I'm telling you, man, it, it's um, there's a wave of uh, of young, you know, black creative women that are going out there and just taking over Hollywood, man. And she's truly um, one of the individuals there leading the charge, man. Check out Wakanda Khan. Check out the website. Uh, also check out, like we said again, um, the, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, check out uh, the Nova Collective and uh, everything else, man. But without further ado, this has been your boy, Serge Vicente, the host of the Fight Podcast, the Underground King. This is episode 235, and we'll see you next time right here on the Fight Podcast. Peace out.